Also, wait, are we good? Should we just start rolling? Yeah, let's roll. Because, Nigel, I have to tell you, I'm. this is probably the most excited I've been in a long time to have you back on here. I, I'm not sure you know how beloved you are in this house. We constantly talk about Bad Ben. I have a, uh, we were playing around with doing more of like a radio show, and uh, I was playing with the soundboard a lot, and half of that thing is you. <laughs> I, I stole your little ghost noise that's so iconic. Um, I don't, Nigel, I'm we so, did, ha- we didn't take the bonus. We should have, we should have implemented bonus. If I had seen bad Ben nine, I would have, but one it's the audio is not clear enough. I really tried to play around with the bonus. Cause that, I love the bonus. The bonus is good. You should have asked me, I would record it for you, but here's a little <laughs> trivia. Did you know that the bad Ben or the ghost noise is the same noise as the bad Ben screech just slowed down. D- d- come on, you're not supposed to be revealing your tricks on the show. How <laughs> else do people come here for just to see my <laughs> good looks? Well, I mean, that's a start. I believe the first time we had you on, you put your address out there. Have well, well look, the second <laughs> is called Steelmanville Road, and you see the mailbox. So, I mean, it's not exactly like it's a secret, which has resulted in some people stopping by. And uh, That's what happens when you dox yourself, (laughs) Nigel. Actually, uh, everybody's always been respectful. And, you know, I really do have cameras out there and motion sensors. So I know when someone's in the driveway. And the last group that came here was about two weeks ago and is... Group gets, I mean, it was almost like watching a clown car because the doors open and people keep getting out. I'm like, how, how that many people fit in the car? But they each had homemade Bad Ben t-shirts on. And they had a two-year-old with them who had a t-shirt on that said, Good Ben. It was adorable. <laughs> I'm being honest, it was adorable. But Oh, man. So what did they do? They just came out and took pictures? They were going to a city known as Wildwood, which is south of here, a shore community. And it was like, the, even though the summer was over, it was still warm and they wanted to go to the beach before it turned cold. So on their way to Wildwood, they were going to drive by the house on the outside chance they'd run into me. And uh, that's why they had the T-shirts on. And it's funny, every time I get caught outside when someone pulls up, I look like total shit. Because I was out there working, I'm sweating, I got shorts, so I just look like hell. But anyway, you know, unlike how I look right now, which is like magazine cover material. <laughs> well, I mean, are, are all these pop-up visits, I imagine that this is a, a very, you know, warm community that you've built. And, and these are supportive people and they're just, they're fans of you. But I mean, have you had, you know, experiences of people popping in your house where it's, they're not necessarily welcome? Well, I don't give tours inside the house, mainly because I've got two rescue dogs and a rescue cat that are, that are basically insane. And so I don't want a dog bite situation. I don't think they bite them, but they're just insane. But the other thing is I don't want shit to come up missing, and then i got to cut somebody in the driveway. You know, <laughs> i got to keep things under control. But they've all always been awesome. And like I say, the motion sensors will go off, and I'll look at pick up my phone, look at a camera, and I'll see somebody in the driveway holding up their phone so I know they're taking a selfie in front of the house. 
And yeah. people will sometimes say, you really do live here. And <laughs> I said, actually, I just happened to be here while you were here to pick up my mail. Um, but no, they're always, everybody's always kind. If, you know, if not, it's kind of easy. I do own weapons, you know. Yes, New Jersey. <laughs> no, not, well, actually, you've been watching too much Sopranos. Um, <laughs> New Jersey's like a, not a big gun place. And it's, uh, it's funny because I live in the woods and every day it sounds like Newark out here because yeah. the guns are going <laughs> off as the hunters out there. Right now yeah. it's summer season. I don't know what the hell they're shooting at. But as long as they're shooting that way and not this way, I'm cool. You have you got a lot of whitetails up there where you are, Nigel? Watch your mouth. Can you say that? <laughs> uh, yeah, we do, actually. In fact, the other day I took a picture of two crossing my backyard. And uh, I live in, as you can tell from the movies, this is more of a rural location, part of the city. And it's like the <clears throat> nature has been squeezed into this area. So on any given day, there's raccoons out there. There's Let's put it this way. If the pandemic continued down the road it started on, I would have been able to support myself just by going out there hunting in my oh. back. But, are, are you a hunter? Are you going back there with a the rifle and the fedora and you know going to town? Fuck no. As long as you can buy a steak wrapped up. Who wants to kill something and then cut it up? That's a lot of work just to eat. Well, it is a lot of work, but it's it's a whole thing. Like it's a tradition. So I, I'm from the south. So when when you kill your first whitetail, and this is a tradition that was borrowed from the Wait, Native American oh, culture. What is a whitetail? A bird? Deer. Oh, a deer. deer. Okay. Yeah. So when you kill your first whitetail deer, which is the most prominent form of deer in the American South. Uh, again, this is a tradition that was borrowed from the Native American culture. So when you kill your first deer, you take the blood of said animal and you wipe it on your face. Indicating yeah. the the sacred exchange of life and death that is just mm -hmm. taking place. Eat the heart while it's still um, beating, you southern hick. That, <laughs> that's some Daniel Day Lewis shit right there. I'm sorry, it's that's said with love from the heart. Let me see if I got some cow dewormer here for you. Oh boy, how, how do you? You got any ivermectin <laughs> laying around? Damn, but I don't have any on the shelf. I have Narcan though for the. Oh, um, oh boy, well. This true story in three week period, three people I know overdosed and died. I didn't know they were heroin addicts prior to, you know, meeting them, but <laughs> I know now. Well, I'm sorry. I, I mean, it's, you would think I'd be, I wouldn't be making a joke about this because I would. <laughs> you know, well, you know, I look at it this way. If anybody that gets addicted to drugs, addiction is, is just that it's addiction, but there's a first time you have to do it in order to get addicted. So you know it's an addictive drug. So if you decide to, I mean, it's different if you're held down and people shove it in you. Well, yeah. I should reword that. But it's <laughs> if you're force fed the drug, how about that? But most people try for the first time for whatever reason. So, you know, it's not like when somebody gets cancer, you feel bad for them. And I feel bad for addicts. And I also understand how I had my tonsils out at 50 years old. Okay. Yeah. This is something kids get, you know, I, you know, I had diaper rash at 52, but anyway, 50 years old, what? <laughs> and, 
kid. Because it's a childhood thing. Most adults don't get their tonsils out. Yeah. And I, I kept reading all this stuff about how horrible it is for an adult. And I'm the type of person, if you tell me, for instance, a movie sucks, I'll watch it and say, you know, that wasn't that bad. And I'll like it. But if you tell me, oh, you got to watch this, it's awesome, I'll watch it and say, eh, it was okay. Well, it's the same thing with this. They were telling me if you get your tonsils out, it's horrible. <laughs> I went in there with that expectation, and it was nothing as long as you take your medicine. But they hand out pain pills like they're candy. So I see how people wind up getting addicted to stuff. So, but anyway, I know I got off topic. And I <laughs> do you do you have an addictive personality? Yes, that's why I'm glad I don't really drink. I mean, you know. Yeah holidays i'll have the occasional drink but if i was uh, a drinker i'd be an alcoholic guaranteed uh, we, saw, we saw a bottle of something in your new movie oh there's a there's a buffet those bottles are i mean some things get better with age but some of that shit's long past ex expiration i guarantee it yeah i saw a bottle of soco back there there it was yep yeah yeah that's the one that's not too bad <laughs> that's cinnamon shit see i'm like a kid like candy i like alcohol that tastes like candy it's a yeah i'm, I'm a big sissy but um yeah but it's a good uh, my addictive personality if my roommate brings in ben and jerry's in this house it's not like <laughs> you can scoop some out it's you finish that whole thing off right there so it's a good thing, but yeah, I got an addictive person. Like I'm addicted to you guys right now. I'll admit, doing this oh, pop as you should be. We are often compared to heroin. That is true. Yeah, I we can destroy lives. <laughs> In fact, for all I know, you're on it right now. <laughs> Pretty low key. Now, now, Nigel, I uh, I gotta ask. The previous two times you're on the show, for also for anybody listening, uh, Nigel's first appearance was, what, five years ago on episode 28. Wow. And the second time he was on episode 121. And we're here with you now. And there's something unique about the way we got in contact with you. We went through a damn publicist this time. And uh, Mr. Big Time over here. Yeah. And when we were talking to him, it happened to be our buddy Scott over at Breaking Glass. And... um. He offered up your whole library. And I'm curious, did you, are you moving away from Amazon and streaming? And are you going, are we going to have like a physical release of Bad Ben? You know, I've been told not to say anything bad about Amazon. but <laughs> They'll come for you. But fuck Amazon. Listen, <laughs> this is what happened. Amazon started out by paying, um, by paying us, indie producers, 15 cents an hour stream. So every time somebody would watch Bad Ben, uh, the full 90 minutes, I'd make 22 cents for that. So I did okay. Now they're paying their people a penny yeah. for stream, as low as. So, I mean, they have to make it work. And honestly, I, you know, I said fuck Amazon. But the truth is I own a debt of gratitude to them because they are how this all got started. And they did offer a platform for indie producers to, to, you know, take off. But they have to make money because 
you know, sending Blue Origin into space costs money. So <laughs> they just, uh, what also happened was there were large studios that have hundreds upon hundreds of films in their vaults that were looking for a place to put them. And they, they saw Amazon as an outlet to do it. So they, they'd upload them up there. So it just, it became, in fact, effective November 1st. You can no longer put a film up and have it available for free with Prime. An indie producer can't. They have to come to you. So that's another change. But it's they're not doing it because it's working for them. They're doing it. They're making the changes because something wasn't working in the formula. So, but I I do owe a debt of gratitude to them. And the reason why there's a publicist this time was. Because I asked them to weed you guys out, but somehow you slipped through the cracks. <laughs> and uh, no, but I back in January, the Philadelphia Inquirer ran a story on me. And they were, there's this, you know, there's so many found footage films out there. And a lot of them are done um, so inexpensively. And Bad Ben, you remember, you may remember, cost me $300 to make. Yeah. And the film to date, I mean, nobody's more shocked about this than I am when I tell you this. The film to date has streamed over 150 million minutes on Amazon. So, and then when you add in the other, you know, seven prior to Benign just being released, I'm well into the 200 million minutes now stream. So this article was written basically about that, about how a film was made on a shoestring budget and it was popular. And the day... um, the article appeared. I didn't even know it. In fact, I didn't even know where you can buy a newspaper anymore because I haven't bought a paper in probably 15 years. But I ran out and I found a, a copy of it and I came home and my roommate, the evil Miss Holly, she always gives me crap because every time I watch a movie, I'm saying, what happened? Why that just happened? This because I got my face stuck in my phone the whole time. Yeah. There was this show on Hulu called In and of Itself, unbelievable. So a yeah. magician did this show, unbelievable. I recommend it to anyone. And so I turned off my phone, sat it down, and watched it. And this was the day the article came out. When this was over, I turned on my phone. It was loaded with messages, and one of them was the CEO of Breaking Glass. So I contacted him, and, you know, they took over a lot of the, the heavy lifting and having Scott do his job the way he's done it, it's gotten a lot of publicity, and it's now getting Bad Ben out there to a much larger world, even than it has been. Yeah, it's strange, because the Bad Ben audience is pretty much made up of an organic growth from online. Yeah. Like, when you look at, like, Reddit and people talking <clears throat> about it, it's all people... Like, I found it because I have a special effects friend in um, Seattle, or he's in Portland, and he contacts me whenever he finds crazy indie micro-budget stuff. Like, we love it. And he contacted me and told me about Bad Ben. And I remember it found like some. it, it felt like we found something uh, unique. And hidden. So, do it's been four years of us pushing Bad Ben on people. Well, thank and, you. I'll, I'll send you something. Oh. There'll be a little something extra in your paycheck this week. 
Very sweet. No, Nigel. Now, the funny thing is, you know, it's been four or five years maybe at the most. And uh, one might think, you know, one, two, three movies in that time would be uh, impressive. You're on nine and an episode of a TV show? Well, there's a couple other things in the work, too. But I did the the animation, which was 12 minutes. I don't know. Did you see that? The witch. Do we love the dude? The witch bitch is great, but also you you sent us. We were working at one point to do like a little bumper for one of our film fest, and you had worked in the Overlook logo on uh, like on the truck. Yeah, yeah. I do. And, and someone so, got shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually uh, not far from here, um, <laughs> but I just happen to live in a. Well, like I said, there's a lot of hunters out here, so if somebody comes here to shoot me. They're going to get shot back at about 50 times, So, but not by me. Um, yeah, whatever happened to that animation? I went back to look for it. I'm like, oh, I think Nigel deleted it. Well, I, it's still around somewhere. I mean, I got a box of hard drives over there. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, if if I like was to stroke out right here live on your show and collapse, I'm, I'm depending on you guys to contact someone and say, find the box of hard drives because there's gold in there somewhere. But, we'll do that after we edit the footage and you know, <laughs> try to get it viral. But the uh, the problem with animation is I would do all that myself, too. And, you know, when I shoot, I can shoot one of these films in about 10 days to two weeks. Um, and animation takes a lot of time to do. So the ideal way to do it is to grow that audience and then hire some people that will do portions of it. And so I could, cause I really would want to turn something like an animation out weekly is what I'd like to do. Yeah. It's a now, big project. Now, since you've, you're kind of prolific on the indie scene, do you have a lot of people coming up to you being like, Hey man, let me team up with you. I'm can an I, expert. Can I Google prolific? <laughs> um, I have had people, but you know, here's the, here's, the way the reason I can turn out films in, in such a short period of time, the more people you involve in any project, the more complicated it gets. I'm sure even you doing your podcast here, you guys have to align schedules. Oh yeah, times to to do stuff. So when I did Bad Ben, I originally wasn't even supposed to be in it. But the cast prior to it all dropped out. Now, they never even met me, so it's not something I did to offend them. And my films, people get paid for, paid to, to be in. It's not like I'm saying, hey, you want to make a film? Come on over. I got nachos. Anyway, we're doing these things, and uh, when I'm doing them by myself, you know, I don't have to wait for anybody. I can wake up at 2 in the morning with an idea and do it, which made – making Bad Ben, the Mandela effect, the way in, and then benign, really easy to do. But the other ones that involve cast members, um, they were accommodating, but not quite as easy as doing it yourself. And then I've had people who said, hey, I want to be in your, I'll pay to be in your film. I'm like, Okay, one million dollars. <laughs> yeah, people quite often offer to like come here, but it's just the way in which I shoot the. It just wouldn't work. The pace at which I work. You're not tour. I think anybody else gets in the way. I remember when your second film came out. I was deeply bummed out at how little Nigel was in the movie, 
Well, this has been a learning process because the first film, I was stunned by the popularity. So this, but people found it. I thought I was making a horror movie and people found it a horror comedy. And so I decided to make the second one, Steelmanville Road, a darker film that explained why the cameras were in the home, who Bad Ben was, and I had a cast and I wasn't in it because it was a prequel and it kind of, comparatively, it bombed because people wanted the, I've come to embrace the fact that they love the character I play, Tom Riley. I compare him to like Michael Scott in The Office. The guy thinks he's smart, but he's really a moron. And so I I embraced that for the third one where I had two sketch comedians, Jackie and Schmitty in it, and also David, who I took a screenwriting course for. And I learned just how bad of a screenwriter he is. (laughs) No, and then four, I just kept doing the same thing, repeating. And people liked that because that was all Tom Riley again. Five, I introduced Jetta, an African-American female, and bombed again. Crescent Moon Clown, right? Yes. Ooh. (laughs) You are into this. Does he have a... Post-it note up there, or does he? Am I just have I left that much of an impression? On well, I, Nigel, I'm just waiting for you to get to my favorite of the franchise. Okay, well, we're, we'll, we're getting there. But um, that movie didn't do as well comparatively either. But I was in like the last twelve minutes of that, and Jetta actually was great in that, and that has found its own audience because she's a black female lead who isn't killed in the first 10 minutes of the movie and turns out to be the hero. So she has, has driven that to find its own audience. Then six, the way in was me again. And then my favorite was uh, seven. There the we go. Way. Um, I'm right there with you. All right. We need We need to hit the pause button here okay. because uh, Clark, uh, Clark's been fl- doing a lot of flying and working out of state. And he contacted me one night, very excited, <laughs> telling me that he had just watched a Bad Ben movie. And it, yeah, you want to set it up? I don't want to steal that from you. I mean, I basically told you it, it may be my favorite film of all time. Yeah. And it's, you're at the height of your powers. And it's, it's, it's Bad Ben 7, The Haunted Highway. I've, <laughs> Nigel, I've seen it four times now, I think. <laughs> so I've given you four cents, I believe. So you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I'll uh, go buy nothing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the haunted highway was i don't even know how i came up with that idea i mean these things just come to me and because i'm mentally ill so <laughs> i just said what if i began a rideshare i started working for a rideshare company and i created that fake drop you off and it's just the people that were in that were easy to work with and it's just like everything from the head, the the girlfriend coming back into the car with the head. And uh, that was just a lot of fun to do. The campground, the vampire. And uh, that was just a lot of fun because I got to get out of the house and move around a little. Now, that, that, that's more of a that's more of an involved shoot. You got a bigger cast. You got several locations there. So how long was that shoot, Nigel? That one was still about probably took me six weeks now what the beauty of that is when you're shooting in your car 
you know, a good portion of the film, you're just driving around. Yeah. And you get the characters. And actually, you got to see the witch bitch yeah. come to life in, in the end of that film. Certainly did. And, My uh, jaw dropped, by the <laughs> way. And uh, she, that's, that's the evil Miss Holly. That's my roommate. I said, oh, okay. I said, listen, it's see, I caught you before you said something wrong. Um, <laughs> I said to her, listen, I need you to do something for me. She says, what? So I had this black wig hanging in the basement, and I kept spraying it with hairspray so it would stand out. And I said, put on this red bathrobe. What are we doing? I said, put on this wig. And as we're driving there, I'm telling her what we're doing. Drop her off on the side of the road. And I said, now I'm going to pull up and and pick you up. And as I'm driving away to, you know, have some distance, I'm pulling up. These kids go by me on bicycles. So now here she is standing on the side of the road with this (laughs) here. And this thing on here goes these kids by on bikes. And I just think they didn't know they, you know, it's sometimes you don't talk to people you see standing on the side of a dark road. Cause you know, that's how you get killed. So, but anyway, I picked her up and she, she was also in, have you seen benign? Did they, did Scott give you a screen? Yeah, okay. oh, we, we will talk about benign. So, uh, she also has an appearance at the end of benign, but, and see, just like I use my house, like I love when people send me a message. This is a real house. <laughs> so, you know, I, on three hundred bucks, I built a set. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, well, Nigel, just, hold on. Let's go back to uh, to Haunted Highway. What, the first thing we have to ask is, what other impressions do you have? Like you, you withdrew three there that we loved, and I. Oh man, w- which was your favorite of the three, Clark? The the gold bloom. Okay, yeah, we we agree. Your gold bloom kills me. Can we can we get a little gold bloom? What what are you? Oh no, that's not me. Oh you, <laughs> no. By the way, I never assumed it was Nigel. I thought it was Nigel. No, the car's voice is Morgan Freeman. Do you know who that is? You don't. Know, I didn't tell you this story last time. Maybe I didn't know him then. No, One we talked, we talked like three years ago. It's yeah. been a long time. Right, so it's probably been since then. <clears throat> One day I see I'm followed on Twitter by somebody that's actually verified. And I'm like, what a fucking loser. But anyway, he uh, no. This guy, he follows me, and I say to the evil Miss Holly, I say, I just got followed by somebody verified on Twitter with tons of followers. His name is, uh, or I said he used to be, on the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, the talking um, robot, Jeff, the yeah. robot, Elton. And she says, Josh Thompson. Like, how she know that? I don't know. And I say, yeah, that's <laughs> it. So I got in contact with him. And he's, uh, and like, I got to see his body of work. And it's huge. Like, he's voices in Family Guy, I think. He's in some other series now. Besides that, he's just, you I mean, his Morgan Freeman is spot on. Even when Morgan Freeman was on the show one time, he said he sounds more like me than I do. <laughs> so I said to him, because he was a super fan and wanted to be involved, but I couldn't use him, you know, visually in the film because he's union and these aren't at this scale. They're not union films. 
But I said, would you be willing to do some voices for me? And I said, I want to do this thing. Like, you remember Knight Rider, the car had the voice? I said, I'd like to do have Morgan Freeman's voice be the car. So I said, but I'd like three voices, and I don't like the first two. And then he told me, Jeff Goldblum, who I loved, and Kevin Spacey was going through that weird phase. He was going through <laughs> and wanted to act a little creeped out because you kick a dog when he's down. And then along comes Morgan Freeman. And my favorite part of the whole film was every time you open the door and it says door or ajar. Yeah. And when I'm slamming the clown's head in the door, it's going door ajar, door ajar. <laughs> I just, uh, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, and Josh is also at the end of pandemic. Now, not everybody watched the credits in pandemic because this time I inserted a scene in the middle of the credits. So it kind of is pandemic ends exactly where benign begins. So scene in the woods, if you didn't watch the credits, you probably didn't see it. But Josh is playing the uh, like a sheriff and a deputy out there who find me. And uh, they call me patient zero and they're talking on the radio to somebody and they, uh, they shoot me. (laughs) Now he can't be your first verified fan. I imagine you've got some A-listers out there who are huge Benonites. Yeah. A couple of asked me in the films and I said, nah, you're (laughs) you're too amateurish. Uh, Not that I know of. I mean, First of all, I owe a debt of gratitude to him, too, because he's just been, like, one time. Every now and then I'll do a Facebook Live and I'll do let people call in live. Oh. And, you, and that's insanity because you never know what somebody's going to say. But I'm watching and my numbers all of a sudden go through the roof of people viewing. Well, what he did, he knew I was doing a live broadcast, so he blasted his fans to say he's going on this. And they all came over before he called. And when he called, he called as Morgan Freeman. So that was a blast. Um, <laughs> there's another guy, which this scared the shit out of me, because this guy is a uh, a correspondent for Fox News. So I had I would poke fun every now and then at, at our former president. And uh, I was poking fun at Sean, oh, Sean Hannity got into some fight with Seth Meyers about that's why you have less than a million viewers. And I made a comment on that tweet. I put a comment that, well, you know, comparatively speaking, you're on at nine o'clock at night. He's on at 1 a.m. That's (laughs) a pretty good audience at 1 a.m., a million people. And I said, but if we're comparing apples to apples, mom, the TV, you had one million viewers. Mom, the TV show, had 9 million that day. So anyway, suddenly I'm followed by Fox News, and I'm thinking, oh, shit, I pissed them (laughs) off. They're going to put the entire force of Fox News against me. I'll be on the next morning. They'll sit there and say, this guy probably wearing Joe Biden underwear is sitting there making fun of our – so I didn't know what was coming out of that. But now he's verified. There's another – Charlie Sexton follows me. He was an actor in – Hung, he played the son, the teenager. Oh, yes. <laughs> the the television series about the uh, high school baseball coach with an enormous penis. Yeah, and I would know about that if you've seen Benign. 
Oh, yes, that's correct. Well, hold on. Let's we can't get to benign yet. Also, I love the idea of you jumping into like Twitter comment feuds, Nigel, (laughs) that like I I do fall prey to them sometimes and I will look. But if I ever saw Nigel in there, that would make my day. It is so rare that I will do that because I tell healthy. Well, I tell people in general, I say, if you see someone acting crazy and they're screaming at you. Don't get in a fight with them. People are crazy. People get stabbed or shot because someone's nuts. Just say, okay, and go the other way. But every now and you see, there's three levels of testicles, okay? Sure. Okay. There's the testicles you have when you're face-to-face with a person. And, you know, if, if they're a big person and they're arguing with you, you're probably going to back down. Then there's... The second size of testicles that come with when you're on the phone with someone where you can say, fuck you and hang up on them because they pissed you off or you yell and say, my delivery's late or something. But the third and the tiniest set of testicles <laughs> are what happen on the Internet because you can create a fictitious profile and go in there and write anything you want about anybody, whether it's sending an email or a tweet or an Instagram post. And that's when people tend to be the most bold and nasty. But I just, I don't like getting in these Twitter feuds. I don't really. That was just one where that guy, uh, you know, he was just comparing things that weren't comparable. So I just stopped in there. I shouldn't have. Now now that you brought it to my attention again. (laughs) It's just, it's a, uh, it's a black hole. And, uh, the amount of like emotional energy it takes to like really wage war on Twitter or in a comment section is just not worth it. Yeah. And well, we need you primed to keep making bad Ben movies. Well, now, hold on. Let me uh, flatter you a little bit. Let's get away from the whole comment thing. I just want to say, you know, haunted highway to me. The thing I love about that movie is your premise. And with found footage films, like, are you familiar with Ricky Umberger's trilogy of the fear footage? No. All right, you should watch those. They're micro-budget films. He's not a filmmaker, but he also found an internet audience. And the thing that just really is the fuel to his fire is the ideas. They're there, and they're all interesting. And with Haunted Highway, the idea that Nigel or Tom Riley is driving around, and he's picking up a bunch of people with a rideshare app, and they're all going to like a cult meeting, that's some like genre territory that... <laughs> I was just like, has anybody done that before? Like, well, I mean, it, it's such a modern premise and I love the idea and it, it feels like a Halloween film. I don't, it was it a Halloween movie. Halloween night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got to work that in. That's got to be a regular. It's in the Halloween. Cycle. Okay. We got to watch that tomorrow then. Actually, we're having people over to carve pumpkins. We got to do haunted highway. We're doing that tonight or tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh yeah. You're leaving tomorrow. Yeah. All Thanks. right. Well, we got, we'll do it tonight. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Nigel, the fifth time I'll be watching it tonight. All right. Good. I'll think of you as your. Where are you going tomorrow? Uh, I've been working out of Phoenix, so I'm, I've traveled. We live here in the Bay Area, and I've I've been. Uh, last week, I just wrapped up my seventeenth week in Phoenix since April. That's the hottest place on earth. What? what are you <laughs> You're telling I, me it's horrible. It I was mean, 120 all summer. You and I aren't exactly like lightweights. No offense. You know, no, please. The, the Phoenix is not made for like a guy like me. I went there one time 
And every place outdoor has these misters. They're spraying water on you. But you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Sure. It's so fucking hot. And they're <laughs> talking about, there's a, and, and the, these, I don't know if you call them culverts or what they are, but they're like under highways for drainage. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck is that for? It's like 400 degrees here and there's no rain. And they say, ah, but watch when there is rain. So one day there's this rainstorm. And that culvert that is bone dry, like there's a shopping cart laying in there and <laughs> sneakers. And I don't know if the sneakers belong to the person that had been pushing the shopping cart. But anyway, these things, this rainstorm comes and it lasts for like 20 minutes. But all of a sudden, that culvert has a little stream of water going down it. Five minutes later, it's three feet deep water just for drainage because I guess the ground doesn't absorb. How the hell did that wind up on planet Earth? <laughs> How did Phoenix wind up on planet Earth? I don't understand. And Tucson, the entire culture down there. I went to Tucson too. That's another place. That's where I saw um what was the the Alamo and then it burnt down like a year ago. <laughs> it had nothing to do with my visit. <laughs> ben may have been involved. <laughs> You know, that's a number one comment I get. Whenever I make just a comment related to just anything, even if it's not Ben related, somebody will always chime in there in a tweet. Maybe it was Ben. You know, <laughs> that should have been your uh, caption for your hotel picture on Instagram, where there was a chicken strip in an ashtray. Oh, yeah. That was very good. You should have blamed that's, that's going to be the cover for my <laughs> healthy living documentary. Which you would have saw it, Nigel, if you followed us, goddammit. We're the original fans, and we love you, and you can't give us a goddamn follow? Yeah, no oh, respect, yeah. dude. What? Where aren't I following <laughs> you? The teeth pops up all the time in my shit. I follow you somewhere. Maybe oh, I probably teeth. <laughs> Maybe I follow you as my um, pseudo account, my private account, Dirk Diggler. <laughs> now, but where, where do you want me to follow you? I'll do it right now. I'm follow us home, dude. <laughs> we mostly uh, fart around on Instagram. Do you? So, oh, my God, yeah. what a fucking freak show that is. Oh, by the way, am I allowed to curse on here? No. <laughs> of course you are. Your poor engineer will be doing a lot of editing. Let me oh. tell you, Instagram is a freak show. Twitter is okay. Facebook is okay. But on Instagram, the shit people write me, Nigel, what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, we have to apologize for that. I'm sorry. Sometimes I've been asked, like I've done a couple, like I'll do Facebook Live a lot, and uh, they, they don't get up nuts. I used to do Periscope when that existed, and that yeah. get, didn't get nuts. You do, if I do an Instagram, uh, you know, I do a live Instagram, they're asking me to stand up, turn around. I'm like, so anyway, Instagram. (laughs) Instagram's the only, I mean, I I rarely have to, honestly, in five years since I started these, I've probably blocked less than a dozen people. But on, on between Facebook and, and Twitter, Instagram, I probably block that a month. 
That's crazy. Really? I mean, honestly, I was going to say you're you're very backwards here because Twitter is usually where everybody goes to fight to the death. Facebook is where you learn that your weird uncle's in QAnon. And yeah. on Instagram, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, dog pictures. But it sounds like, you know, Instagram being a visual medium. Yeah. They're just, you know, they want to want you to stand up and turn around and they want to know what you're wearing. They're yeah. thirsty for Nigel. Speaking of Instagram and dog pictures and people stopping by the house. Now, I've got, I don't know, like 2,200 people follow me on Instagram. It's not a huge following. But this guy pulls up in the driveway like three weeks ago, and he's a fan. Turns out he lives right around the corner from me. And he said, Uh I have an idea for a bad Benzo. Of course he does. sit at my house. And we'll put my dog in it. And I'm thinking, okay, his, he's got an Instagram page for his dog with 120,000 followers. So do what? you think he was trying to get some clout from you? Or was he trying to share? Don't, I instantly think he's a weirdo and he was going to tie you up. Don't ruin it for me. But look, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> show you something. He doesn't know this because I thought it was a good idea. So here's his dog. <laughs> I just that was handy. It happened to be sitting over there. Um, I can't bring that, I can't bring that upstairs. It's here in the basement with me because if I bring it upstairs, the dogs lose their mind. The real dogs I have. God, it's been too long. Uh, you know, I am glad that the pandemic made video chat easy. Because this is a this is a lot of fun, and I love your setup down there, Nigel. I wasn't sure what we'd be looking at this time, but now well, is this where, where you're talking to us? Is this your editing bay for the, all the films? Yes, this is actually the room where I was drugged across the floor. At the opposite end of this room is the wood stove, but I turned this into my man cave so I can smoke cigars, sit down here, have a fire going, and it, it's it's nice. It works. I got bullshit on the shelves here and everything, but sometimes I have something interesting in the background. Right now, that's another. This is actually DVDs. Now, I thought to myself, who still buys DVDs? Well, a lot of people buy DVDs. I do. Russell Fisher. Yeah. Because um, do you have the DVDs, by the way? Of what? Bad Band? Yeah. I I remember talking to you after we recorded the first podcast and asking you about it, and you were looking into doing like uh, print on demand through Amazon, but I I never followed up. Fuck that. <laughs> I remember you were asking me, you're like, do you think anybody would buy them? I'm like, I would. Because what I wound up here's the first eight films. They're now in a in a set in here, and it is print on demand, and the printer is moi. Right over there. <laughs> what I did is I bought from uh, the fans supporting and the earnings. I bought a uh, duplicator so I can do a bunch at a time. And uh, I, I sell them and people still like them. Now, Benign's actually going to have a bonus 12-minute making of segment on the DVD. But, yeah, I do them here. But the when you go to watch the film tonight, The Haunted Highway, I think – is on Amazon. They're a little okay. tough to find right now, but it's on Amazon. And there's also this app, which I just discovered this week, called Fawesome. Have you heard of it? No. No. It's awesome, but with an F in the beginning, like Frank. So it's called Fawesome. 
and all eight of the films are on there. And they, you know, they're free, but they have commercials in them. Not the commercial breaks aren't like grotesque. There's, you know, it's not like every two minutes like the Oprah show. It's just, you know, a couple here and there. Yeah, commercials aren't great for found footage, but um, it, since you've been telling us that Amazon's kind of moving away from this open indie market, I think a lot of people are going to be moving over to Tubi, and uh, I can I can fuck with Tubi. I think they do what four commercial breaks; they're each about like half a minute long. Yeah, so I can do that. I've I've never heard of Fossum though. Are you? I hope you're making something off of streaming your movies there. Well, I'll find out because it just started. And if next time you see me, I'm not in such a cool setting. If I'm like in the back of the van, I made the haunted highway, <laughs> then you'll know. But now it's it's a bunch of places there. Like Monday, I believe. Well, Monday, November first, um, they're supposed to the first eight are supposed to appear on Voodoo as a package. That's what Scott told me. Um, if uh, if that doesn't happen, here's Scott's email address for all you. <laughs> we'll be sure to share that. But Nigel, where, where can people buy the DVD? Do you have a website? Well, badben.com. And I was lucky to get that because I was Bad Ben movie. And one day I searched for Bad Ben. And there was a lady who was a fan of Ben Roethlisberger from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, my God. So years ago, she bought the domain Bad Ben. So I contacted her and I said, was this, pr- was this prior or during his rape allegations? <laughs> I think it was, I think she was the person that accused <laughs> she was no longer a fan. No, um, it was, it was after. And she wound up, I said, ma'am, I, I made a film, a low budget. You know, I didn't want to make it sound like I had a bunch of money because I didn't. And uh, I asked her and she sold it to me for 600 bucks. The domain bad ben no. so but if you go to bad ben there's t-shirts you can get there there's um dvds there's also you got a holiday ornament up there that's right that well see last year i was in the process of launching a roku channel and the goal was going to be to give everybody that subscribed this christmas ornament but the problem with roku channels is the content delivery network basically the server Um, where these things play and it can be very very expensive and unless you're selling ads on there and there are ad you know i won't get into the technical aspect that much but there are ad servers out there which will automatically put ads into your your uh, stream but the problem is they want you to have five to ten thousand regular viewers and that's a to get to that number is a big deal yeah. while you're giving everything away while you're getting to that number. So I just, when I signed on with this distributor, one of the things was that the Roku channel needs to go away. So, yeah, the Roku, I, you know, we have a Roku and there was a brief period where we were just adding every weird indie horror channel. And I always wondered like, how, how do you make this? And do people even watch it? And to find out that it actually costs money is shocking because there must be a few people out there who actually have people watching those weird channels. I We were very excited to hear about Bad Ben TV. And it, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Were you going to show an MMA match on there? No, we were doing 
we were inserting indie wrestling on there short for a short period of time. But we just, uh, we, well, then you had the pandemic come and all that. And you can't have people working that close together. And, well, uh, how the hell does the Bad Ben brand work into like amateur wrestling? We just were having every bit of bullshit. <laughs> if, if your mother had a cooking show, we'd put it on there. I don't care. You know, just content on there. Uh, we would have happily made content for Bad Yeah, where was TV. our phone call, <laughs> asshole? Well, let me tell you, I deserve that. Okay. Let me write that down. I'll remember that. You're not getting your Christmas present now. Okay. <laughs> no, but don't be surprised if Bad Ben TV comes back. And if it comes back, it's going to be minus the films. And you're going to say, well, what else is there? Well, there's animations. There is, um, what the hell else? Oh, there is a TV series we're planning, which is going to be Tom Riley, Paranormal Investigator, where he goes. And see, I, I'm i going to give you a little example of that show. I'm called to a house. It's a three-story house. The lady bitches at me. She says, I have this every night in that third-story window up there. There's a a, a figure of a girl standing a little girl in the window and if i go up there there's nothing in the room but you can see it from the ground and my kids don't want to be here and i can't have guests over and all can you help me i said ma'am you're going to find out why i'm worth every penny the fee's going to be 600 bucks so she writes me a check i said i already have the solution how we fix your problem up there and she says how's that i said we're going to board up that window <laughs> Well, that's just an example of the kind of you know nonsense that Tom Riley will be doing in that. Dude, I can't wait. Love and it. Tom Riley will be played by Ben Roethlisberger. It'll be great. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he, when when he's out on parole. We'll, uh, <laughs> on. No, Nigel. The other thing now, as we segue into Bad Ben, let's uh, let's talk about the title of Bad Ben Nine. Now you had a great. Uh, pun there a play on words where it's bad benign but your title is bad ben nine benign it's almost like you're really milking that punchline it actually the name of the film is benign but when you're dealing with a larger machine now like the bad ben has become um you have to make clear you have to have Bad Ben in there somewhere so people find it. Like when they do a search on Bad Ben, they all come up. But there was debate on whether there should be Bad Ben 9 in there or whether it should just be Bad Ben Benign or just Benign. And this went on so much that they could have wanted to change it to Yellow Flower. And I, <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, it was debated so much. But yeah, it's called Benign, which is Ben 9. So I, you know, I had a great time telling all my friends that there was a new Bad Ben movie out and it was the sequel to Malignant and yeah. uh, everybody got a kick out of that. It was great timing for it. Yeah, that it was. Well, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I did the Mandela effect because a movie was coming out called the Mandela effect. And I knew what would happen. I mean, <laughs> I was actually doing it about the Mandela effect, but I knew people would search. All the money they put into marketing and promotion, they would put out there the Mandela effect, and people would type in the Mandela effect, and I would come up. 
And, and I did see a boost when they were marketing. I mean, people watched it and then they went and reviewed it and said it sucked, but <laughs> they, reviewed, they reviewed the studio's film, not mine. So Now, have you? are you a big horror fan? I can't remember if we've talked about this before. We are. I wasn't the biggest found footage fan, if I'm being honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like... I've become a bigger fan footage fan. For instance, have you seen Leaving DC? Oh, yeah. Indeed. Fantastic film. The guy, I think that guy did a, a bang up job. Hell House is very good. I like them. I've seen some others. Um, people always send me links, like I'm the, the judge of these things. And they're all good. I mean, let's face it, it's the voyeur, voyeuristic aspect of it, where you can be a fly on the wall watching what's happening to somebody and some of this like for instance the movie lights out that person got that i don't know i might be screwing up the story but they got the sign to do that movie because of a short like one minute video they did that if you've seen the original is absolutely terrifying they're at the end of the hallway they turn a light out and you see a shadow or something they turn the light back on it's gone they turn the light out, and now it's here. Fan, you know, just very captivating. But these these bad Ben, I mean, these um, found footage films have uh, some of them have gotten really good and, and really creative. Now, as far as horror films go, we typically will. For instance, if they make thirty Conjuring's, I'll watch all thirty of them. Okay, make thirty Halloween's, which I think they're on twenty nine now. I'll watch all all of them. Because, uh, like, I just watched Halloween Kills last week, two weeks ago. What do you think? The The ending was such an obvious setup for a sequel that I was just like, okay. And I was a little, like, I don't want to give a spoiler here because a lot of people may be watching that for the first time this weekend. But I liked the film. It's just the ending was a little bit, like, you know, like this has become an undes- indestructible force. For yeah. instance, in Friday the 13th, the first one, when you realize it was the mother all along, and then at the end you have her dreaming she's in the boat and the, you know, the Jason jumps up and pulls her into the water. But the, le- or water, if you're not from New Jersey. <laughs> but later in the series, he became an indestructible force and sometimes to me you like even the monster or the creature to have its weaknesses so that was yeah. changed for me a little bit in this halloween well the hollow it, it's interesting because the new trilogy that uh blumhouse is making is very self-aware about the the whole slasher genre where like in friday the 13th part two jason was you could hurt him and he gets scared in that movie but into three and you know after four he's completely just supernatural and i think in this film the third one we're gonna see almost like a um deity version of like michael myers where he's just godlike well this and, one the next one's called halloween dies i think yeah and uh, i gotta tell you blumhouse is turning out some incredible stuff and um and like some of these streaming channels that are out there, a new one that just popped up that we're going to be on is Dread TV. I don't know if you saw oh, that. Yeah. They actually, those those maniacs made a video game of Bad Ben. 
Yeah. Whoa. Now I I was going to segue into that in a minute, but I uh, I hadn't told Clark that I actually played it. And uh mm-hmm. my first comment, first congratulations. I think they did a great job. Now to just briefly set it up, it's a browser game. So if anybody wants to play it, just google it. It'll pop up Bad Band Game. I think uh, how many videos are on YouTube of people playing it? Oh, it's a whole market. People pay their rent uh, doing video game reviews. And honestly, I think this is going to be great for the franchise. And when you think about Bad Band, now, this is a good way to get into Bad Band Benign, too. And uh, Bad Band 9 is so similar to Bad Band the original in like it's an exploration of your home. Now, you know, in part nine, we're much more self-aware and you are hilarious in this film. And when you translate that into a browser game, that's pretty much a, you know, it's a WASD kind of like point and click. You walk around the house. I didn't play a lot, but the first thing you do is you find a tablet and you do what Nigel does in every movie where he checks each camera one by one, but you do it by walking into each room with the tablet. It, it just works. It's so good. And I have never heard of that group. Um, are they Corpse Pile? Is that who made the game? They're associated with them somehow. I haven't even got to the end of the game yet. I mean, I've played it here and there. But, um, yeah, they're associated somehow. I, I see it in the tags on there. Dude, for a browser game, it looks good. It's 3D rendered. I do have a critique on how our Tom Riley looks. He looks a little Hank Hill from Beavis and Butthead. Uh, he does, um, but what it is is they were trying to make Hank Hill look more attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, I had a blast doing that because they had me record the audio in there. And the funniest part of it was as I'm reading the script, you know, it was like, I think, 30 particular lines but three of the lines were shit buck and ass and there's a function in the game while you're playing you could just hit this key and no matter what i'm doing i'll say shit or fuck all right randomly (laughs) as i'm walking through the house so that was funny and if you heard the actual original audio as i recorded it i'm like okay and they said leave us a pause between so i can edit it so I go, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. It was just so hysterical that I'm envisioning what they were doing with it. But yeah, that game, it was number three in the online or that, that whatever the particular community where it's played is. It was number three for the first weekend. And then it, you know, I don't know. It could have gone to one. It could have gone to 100. I don't know. Well, Nigel, it's the perfect time. Like uh, all of October, if um, somebody is actually paying their rent with uh, Let's Plays, almost everybody turns to horror games all of October. And the thing is that market is so oversaturated now that if a new game pops up, it the communities will make it viral. So, dude, it couldn't have been better. The stars really aligned here. Also, it looks like it's a good game, too. Well, the guys that made it are awesome. And, uh, I, you know, I communicated with them and I was, it was funny because the original version, the front door didn't have a window in it. Oh. And it was, what do you think of it? And I said, there's no oval window on the front door. And, uh, you know how you ever work on something and you show somebody it and you expect like their adulation and then they focus on one little thing. Yeah. So 
He goes, all right, I'll add the oval to the front door. But the first still frame they sent me of it, you know, I get it on my phone, I look, and I thought I was looking at a freeze frame. <laughs> a frame grab. And then I realized it was the game. I said, wow, a lot went into this, and it looks it looks fantastic. People are having a blast playing it and having me curse at random by hitting buttons. Now, I'll tell you, as, as a, uh, a huge Bad Ben fan, walking around that house was... I was looking for the little details too when I when I first came into your uh, foyer and you know how you can walk into the living room. I the first thing I was thinking is is that like Bible? What was it? A Bible verse you had on the wall? It was the Lord's Prayer. The on. Lord's Prayer. I was like, is that going to be there? Because I'm already trying to figure out a timeline. Also, with Bad Ben Nine out, it feels like it. You know, it's holding hands with that film. It, is there a timeline for the game? I like if it's going to be chronologically placed in. I thought it was associated with Bad Ben primarily. Okay. First yeah, I haven't played far. But I think what happens is they take aspects from the other films. As you, I can't get in the basement yet. I'm stuck <laughs> in the basement. Oh, let me take a nap. And, uh, you know, I got upstairs. There were keys everywhere, a box of keys. And I had I couldn't get the basement door unlocked. So that's where I'm stuck at. I got to get back to it. Now, with, with Bad Ben 9, I am so curious. Did you make that poster for the film or did you have help? No, that's when the, uh, the distributor came on board. Because when the distributor came on board, I said I'm about to do another one. They want me to make 15 to go to Bad Ben 15. And uh, so that would mean six more entire films. So but, like uh, a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On next Thursday. Uh, but, well, now things are getting slightly back to normal. But, you know, this this pandemic bullshit, I think we got one more winner of this thing until it's under control. Um, so it's kind of tough to get people together. Because I was turning these out two a year from the start. All the way up to film seven, they were coming out as two a year. And then Pandemic came out. That was one in the past year. And then Benign just came out. And uh, once things get a little more, you know, a little more under control, I'll be back to turn them out two a year. Anybody else that can't turn out two films a year is a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Nigel, uh, so we watch a lot of films and we're building up for our film fest. And one of the things we love about the idea to do a purely found footage film fest is the runtime of these movies. A lot of them, we're playing with format and we're trying not to be a studio film. So a lot of the time you get under an hour. Uh, I mean, a big argument we had originally was where do we cut off the short film time? Now, when we got your new movie, we're like, oh, I can't wait. Let's throw it on right now. And uh, we had to take a pause when we saw we were dealing with an hour 45, I believe. I think yeah, that was 40, somewhere in there. You know, once you get over that 90-minute mark, an audience, they start to think, are they going to earn that 10 minutes? Like, do we really have to do this? And, um, you know, we negotiated. We figured out a time that we could all sit down and enjoy Bad Band 9. And I, I can't believe you did it. It it's great. I had so much fun with that film, and I, the we, had, we had to pause the film a couple times. Clark needed an intermission because I believe he fell out of his floor laughing and was on the ground. Is that when I had help and I said I can't do this alone? 
When was it? It was it was the chair. Oh, it was the chair. It was the chair. Yeah, the chair hit the ceiling. Well, I'm sure say, should I can I say? No, don't spoil it. People, you if you're listening to this show and you've made it this far into this interview, you you're a fool if you're not watching Bad Band Nine. But we are curious, like when did you start playing with like visual effects like that? Um I know in, in uh, Mandela Effect we had a, a taste of it, but in this one I feel like you're really you're going for it. I pick well, they're practical effects because I, I don't really have the CGI experience. Uh, although technology is advancing to the point where you're going to find out, like you're going to find that in five years from now, anybody will be able to do CGI. Pretty well now. You've seen some of these deep fake videos, right? Oh yeah, you know, like Tom Cruise. That you swear to God, you're watching Tom Cruise when you're seeing some of those things. So it's going to get more like, you know, back when they had the Zapruder film with Kennedy getting shot in the head, that was real footage, couldn't be fake. Nowadays, I could blow up somebody's head and have it blast all over the room. And you think, but technology is getting to the point it's going to be a lot easier down the road. The practical effects. I will. T- I'll let out this little secret. What makes it easy in my film to do my films to make effect, effects is in most cases when it's a security camera, the camera is fixed in position. So to do an effect like something moving across the screen that wasn't there originally, if the camera is fixed, it's very easy to make that happen or make a chair fly or something. But if you have the footage as a handheld camera, you need whatever's happening on screen to move with that footage. So if that makes sense, how I explain, it becomes a little more complicated. All right. Now we need to start winding down here. Um, This has been a home run. (laughs) Uh, Dream come true third time. Um, But Nigel, so here's here's my last question. Um, You know, you talk about 15 films. And I think I think that's not a problem for you. I think you got it in you. Um, and I want to see 15 Bad Ben movies. I want to be very clear. But, I and I, I'm sure you've had opportunities, but um, what's your thoughts on maybe stepping outside of the Bad Ben universe? And uh, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you have ideas? Do you have scripts written um, about maybe, you know, doing something else outside of the Bad Ben universe? I do, but it's not related to horror. I have a couple. Well, that's of fine. Well, I'll tell. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of one. the The Genesis experiment. Yes, it, uh, yes. You told us about this the first time. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to bore you with it again. Um, there's a couple I've written. Gamble here, damn it, is about a guy who uh, he's of native. He's Native American, and it comes to there's a Home Depot in Atlantic City and a casino buys the Home Depot to expand its parking lot and when they're doing and Home Depot moves on shore and when they do a title search they find out it was once an Indian reservation. So the sole surviving member of this Native American tribe is a guy named Dickie Redman, who was a I mean, I could I guess I could come up with a less racist name, but <laughs> he, he it, like tries every get rich scheme he ever could and couldn't make a dime. And then he gets contacted that he's the owner of this property. So the casino offers him like a million dollars for the property. And he's like, hell with that. This is going to be worth 
millions as a casino. And they said, do you realize it cost $100 million to build a casino? He said, I don't need to build a casino. I got a building already. So he opens up a casino in an old Home Depot. And uh, one of the funniest, um, one, to me, one of the funniest scenes in it, he wants to have a five-star restaurant in the casino. So he sets up like this cafeteria type thing. A reviewer comes and they're serving like hot dogs and ribs and stuff. And the reviewer's like, this is your restaurant? And he goes, yeah. And like you have to walk through a line with a tray to get your food. So the guy winds up giving him an eighth of a star as a rating. Well, Dickie wants to advertise he's got a five-star restaurant. So what, he, what does he do? He names it the five-star restaurant. So he puts out ads that say, come to the five-star restaurant at, at the Gamble Here Damn It. And it's called Gamble Here Damn It because his grandmother, who was a madam, a prostitute, who's whose brothel burnt down when the city of Milwaukee fire department shows up and they've only, she's growing weed out back and the weed's on fire and they only have one <laughs> So they all wind up high and instead of putting the house that's on fire out, they hose down the, the shed out back so the house burns to the ground so she winds up there. She names it the gamble here, damn it. So, anyway. And you're going to play Dickie Redman, right? No. No, (laughs) somebody like a Steve Buscemi would be perfect in that role. But of course, you know, he's, I don't know. I don't know that he would take the step up to my level to do something like that. But it's a career changer for him. Fuck that. So what what do we got to do to make this happen? You just waiting for some checks? (laughs) Uh, you, You know, you never know. Um, I I actually have a few screenplays that are out there that I'm shopping around. But, you know, I've become very cynical, you know. Become? Welcome to the party. I mean, when the when you have the check and it's cashed and it clears, that's yeah. when I believe it. But talk is cheap. And sure. there's uh, a lot of people out there that say, oh, that's a great idea or yeah, I'd love to do that, or or man, that should be a movie, or or people that have actually contacted me from the industry that are welcome. I had the producer of Elf in this house. <laughs> it's a true story, but this is back around this is back around two thousand. Um, it was Earl, very it was twenty years ago. He he was down in Ocean City, which right across the bridge, vacationing. The young lady he was dating was doing an audition. I get a phone. I was a video production business at the time. I get a phone call. Can you put a VHS C on a VHS? I said, yeah. He shows up at my door to do this. And he says, what do you do? I said, I make TV commercials and I'm dabbling in screenwriting. What do you do? And he said, you ever hear the movie Elf? I said, yeah, Will Ferrell. I loved it. He goes, I produced that. And I said, oh, but uh, he went on to write movie Sully. Yeah, that happened. True story. And, I uh, believe you. You know, there's a, there's so, you know what? Someday, you know, hopefully it's not because I stroke out while, while doing your podcast, but uh, someday somebody's going to come along just want to do a story on my life. And they better have a fat checkbook. 
because <laughs> well, we're fat and we want to do it. So I could not write story, and you know where you have freedom to make shit up. I could not write up a, a story that's got as much that of stuff that has really happened to me. And everybody thinks their story's amazing, but like people that know me say, "Dude, they need to make a story about your life." And I said, well, you know, if the pandemic keeps up and people keep dying, eventually, you know, I'll be the only one left. <laughs> well, Nigel, I've been uh, trading crypto. I'll put together a pitch and we yeah, want to come our, out there. Where's our bad Ben NFT? You know what? What a racket that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that, did you see that one that sold for $65 million? Was it one of the yacht monkeys or the yacht apes, I believe? One that had Trump laying there. Oh, with, I have no uh, idea. He was like a big baby laying there with I won signs on him and people. <laughs> and I'm at 65 million. I think it was that one. But like, you, you know, you can right click and download anything you see. Who's paying yeah. the kind of money for this stuff? But I did I did say to Breaking Glass, I said, you know, we should do an NFT. You know what we do? <laughs> there you go. We make a bad, bad movie, and we tell the highest bidder, you can take it, put it wherever you want. Whatever you make, you can keep. If you make, you know, $10,000 on it and you pay me, I don't work that cheap anymore. But um, whatever you make, you can keep. There, there oh. is a found footage NFT movie, right? Am I wrong? Oksana, get on mic. Say hi to uh, Nigel here. Hello. Um, they, I did get an email about, um, I think the, the guys who made Host are working on an e NFT movie. Yeah. I think their whole thing is that you can buy part of it. So it'd be like 10 NFTs that they make a blank amount of. I mean, honestly, NFTs are just a way to diversify your Ethereum. Again, uh, <laughs> Nigel, I, what I want to tell you is that uh, I'm, we're going to pitch to you. We're going to make a documentary. But the first thing I want to know is what the hell your real name is. My real name? Yeah. Okay. Nigel Bach, that's got to be a... It is made up. It was in the article in the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm oh. like I'm like Don, Donald Glover. No, who's the... Yeah, <laughs> Donald Glover. When I am a producer, I'm Nigel Bach. But uh, other times I'm kid. What is he? What is he when he's the rapper? <laughs> What? <laughs> Which rapper? Childish Gambino. Okay. You know, thank you. He's the rapper. So I'm JoJo when I'm a singer and a dancer and everything. JoJo so, dancer? <laughs> and, and my life is calling. Wait, what? So we're not getting a real name? Is that what you're saying? JoJo dancer, my life is calling. That's the name of the movie. Oh, I'm aware. Okay. I had a JoJo Dancer poster. Who the hell is JoJo Dancer? JoJo Dancer is the movie Richard Pryor made about himself. Okay. I, I'm I'm a new comedy fan, Nigel. You've actually helped Believe me. me it is not funny. Okay. <laughs> Are you doing stand-up? No, Clark used to. I've been trying to get him back into it. He He's not having it, though. Correct. Why not? Everything has a season, Nigel, and that season has passed. Let me tell you something. That's a brutal business to be in, that stand-up stuff. Look, you could wind up like Artie Lang. Your nose could wind up being flat on your face. 
Hey, by the way, I'm a huge Artie fan. Artie's podcast is coming back on Monday, so Artie's back, baby. Okay, good for him. He's <laughs> he worrying the shit out of me there for a while there. Every time something pops up in my feed, Artie Lang, I'm like, uh-oh. Did you see somebody ran a website taking bets on when he'd die? Oh, yeah. Baby Gorilla or something it was called? Yeah, or? yeah. They call him the Baby Gorilla. Um, they... Well, that was an episode in like a CSI show like 15 years ago. They were like, what is what are all these names on the on this list? They call it a death pool. (laughs) Isn't that like wasn't that also the premise for Deadpool? Yeah, it's a CBS drama. So it's just ripped off everything else. Yeah, I can't watch those CSI in a NC double X, whatever the hell all that shit is. It's terrible. Yeah. What was the pool at for Artie? Did and it get high? What was like it was they named like uh Abe Vagoda and like um you know, we, we, insert we, another like Vincent Price, Artie Lang, who's like thirty nine <laughs> at the time. My roommate, when I told her Wilford Brimley was still alive, I think he since passed. But when I told her he was still alive, she didn't believe me. And then when she, I said, Ed Asner died. And she goes, who? And she said, Ed Asner? He's been dead for like 20 years. I said, yeah. oh, he's been dead for like 20 minutes, according to <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nigel, oh, I, I have to ask. Now, I've again, I really do pitch your films all the time, and we're huge fans. And... We recently took a, a dive into another franchise that I think really complements yours. And I'm curious if you've ever seen any of the Blackwell Ghost. I, you know what? I saw the first one, and it's saved on my list to watch up there on, you know, it's so tough to keep track of streaming channels now. Like, I go to watch, I, have you seen this? I'll get right back on topic. But this, what they do in the shadows, what we do in the shadows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love it. it. Hysterical. I just watched how he got me turned on to a Thursday night. I watched his second episode. What a fantastic, funny series. But like I say, okay, put on Netflix. I want to watch that. She says it's on Hulu. I said, what? But there's, <laughs> it's because we got that. Now it's worse than your cable bill because we got Netflix. Got to get Hulu without the fucking commercials. I can't deal with that <laughs> shit. And Paramount and yep. And and Apple TV, and HBO, Vudu, Amazon Prime. Before you know it, you're up to an extra hundred bucks easily on that, especially if you want to pay the X. But I've seen the first Blackwell Ghost. It's saved on my list on one of these streaming channels. Now you know uh, we watched the first Blackwell Ghost too. I think like four years ago, and then you know I, we saw a two and a three come up, but they're all behind a paywall, and it never seemed like the right time. But we've we've dug into I think they're up to five now. And honestly, it plays like a really like if Bad Ben were to be serious, I think that's the other side of the coin. And um I I think you could ch- you should check them out. You might like I don't know, it might um end up being like a type of muse or something. It's such a different product, except that it's it's kind of like one dude in a house dealing with ghosts. But played straight. Yeah. Like where you're the comedy end of that. I don't know. I, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Well, I'll check it out. I, I know I can see it right in my mind. It's the 
the Blackwell Ghost, it's the picture of the old lady on the cover. Yeah. I can see it, but we yeah. watched that one. I'll have to watch them. Now that you said it, I got to watch them. I have to pay for that, too. Can you watch <laughs> Can you watch my movie like 40 times so I can afford it? Oh, yeah. We just leave we're, it playing in the background. We're working on it, man. All right. Also, hey, so if I order a DVD from you, uh, can I like get that signed? Also, wait, does the money go directly to you? Well, Bad Ben 1 through 8 is my set. I'll, I'll send you one of these, okay? No, we got it. We, Nigel, we, when I say we love you, we really do. And I want to support you. I all, want all right, 15 Robert. Bad Ben movies. All right, Rockefeller, in that case, it's $4,000 for the set of eight of them signed. Uh, but no, I sign them all the time. But Bad Ben 9 is being done by a third-party distributor, so I don't, I, don't, I don't have them. They might wind up saying, hey, can you come up here and sign 100 of these? And I will. But um, Tell them to. And yeah. we want a Blu-ray. So yeah. if, if Breaking Glass is putting them out, I'm going to email Scott angrily right now. And I said, we want Bad Ben 9 on Blu-ray with an option to get it signed. All right. Well, Scott will tell you anything you want to hear, and then he won't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. Scott's been working his ass off for me. So getting the word out about this. Well, Nigel, man, I love you. This has been uh, great. It was nice to actually get to see you for once, too, while we talked to you. You did last. Well, you've seen me in the films. Yeah. yeah. Well, this, yeah. <laughs> this is the, yeah, unless you're just watching it with the version where my face is blurred out. Um, <laughs> right, there's no such version. Okay. <laughs> this is the first time I've got to see you, too. I know. How disappointed are and you? Your thoughts? <laughs> well, I would say one of you is hideous and one of you is good looking. You figure it out. Um, no, I'm just kidding. No, it was, uh, you know, it was. It's nice when you see the face behind the voice, because is that? Because see, I could be being pranked, and it could be Josh Robert Thompson doing two different voices here on one microphone asking me questions. I, I really thought it was Nigel doing those impressions. Yeah. Did you? Know I, did you? I did. I'm gullible. I'm sorry. I thought the first film was real. What do you want? That's fair. Did you really? I, <laughs> I did. I thought you did him. I was like, holy shit. He does a, a fucking great, um, yeah, I can't even think of Goldblum. The, when I talk about Instagram being a freak show, a woman wrote me on that about, about July, I guess. And she her messages in Instagram start with, I watched your documentary. And then the next message says, the reason why you're having all these problems with demons is because you use the Lord's name in vain so much. This woman was totally serious till the end when she writes, oh, it was just a movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not the first time we've heard that from a found footage fan. So. Well, Nigel, this was, uh, this was a pleasure, man. Uh, thanks so much. Congratulations uh, with the new relationship uh, with Breaking Glass. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, honestly, the fact that more eyeballs are going to be able to see this film franchise, you know, it, it, it warms the cockles of our hearts over here as we've been, you know, trying to to get your your name and your brand out there for the last, what, four, five yeah, years now. Yeah. Um, so we're just we love you, man. And uh, just keep going on and, and let's stay in touch. Well, thank you very much, fellas. And, I'll, and have me back anytime. Can I just call in whenever I want? Oh, anytime. You. Right. Yep. Let we got, the, we got the Nigel. We got the Nigel Bach, uh, bypass rule. Anytime. 
I want a red phone on your desk that rings when I call it. We got one downstairs. We just paid oh, We red. do have a rotary phone. Yep. yep. We got a rotary phone. We can make it happen. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.